Hello, and welcome to Creepy Culture, CM Life's scariest podcast, where we discuss horror movies, video games, music, and more. I'm your host, Stephanie Chipman. And I'm your host, Tyler Clark, and this week we'll be discussing modern horror movies. Uh, We're going to discuss our favorite modern horror movies and how they impacted culture. On this episode, we'll talk about which horror films scared us the most, impressed us with their special effects, or maybe even made us laugh. And please tell us your favorite modern horror movies. Um, go to our Instagram, creepy underscore culture, both Ks. Uh, go to YouTube, comment wherever you can find us, and tell us what movies Stephanie and I should watch next. And so since this is kind of a two-parter, I think we should um, take a look back at our very first episode, Classic Horror Movies. And in the first episode, we discussed silent horror films. So, like, we talked about Nosferatu. We talked about a few different silent horror films. Um, We talked about the Silver Age, so the Universal Monsters. We talked about Frankenstein. Um, And Professor Allman taught us how horror films are, are, how they are a reflection of that generation's fears. Yes, and then we talked about the slasher films that sort of started in the 70s and the uptake in gore, violence, nudity that happened in the 80s, uh, movies like The Thing, Friday the 13th, all of those good movies. Ooh, all, all the good movies happened in the 80s. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's, that's what we're about to talk about. So let's start off by talking about starting off again at the 80s, but kind of how they relate to the 90s. And earlier... In the first episode, and, you know, if you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. We'll, we'll wait. We'll wait. Go. Now. Okay, yeah, you're back now, obviously. Um, so last last time, as you know now, um, we talked about Sleepaway Camp. We talked about Hellraiser. You've noticed, probably by now, that the 80s is filled with a lot of psychological horror. Not, not a lot of psychological horror, but, like, a lot of supernatural horror. Like Pet Cemetery, or some there there were some crazy ones, but it was mostly slashers, and a lot of like like supernatural, Children of the Corn, things that were offbeat, right? We even saw American Werewolf in London. Yes, but there was kind of a style to it, and there was a lot of limitations. I felt it was a lot of monsters and a lot of practical effects. Yes, which I, you know that Tyler and I love practical yes. effects, but we had to go somewhere from that. And um, the first few movies that we saw in the 90s was Stephen King's Misery. I don't know if you've seen that film. Yes. Um, Really good film, but it's more of a psychological horror. And there really wasn't that as much in the 80s. And I feel like we've, you kind of see that transformation from, you know, mostly just slashing, murder. Well, they had to up the ante. Things weren't as scary in the 80s but it was scary to people in the 80s yeah but then as they got to see more of that gross psychological horror they like could stomach it easier so filmmakers had to up the ante to scare you a little more a little more gore a little more psychological just a little more everything i mean yeah when we talked about the 70s we talked about halloween and you know Halloween came out in 79, so I hesitate to even call it the 70s, but we had Halloween, which was distinctly not gory at all for being a slasher film. And then we get Friday the 13th. Then we get freaking Nightmare on Elm Street had buckets of blood. Oh, yeah. Buckets. So you're right. We, We have been upping the ante the entire time. And obviously, you know, we can't put in like, you know, we already had gallons of blood. Right, yes. from the 80s. We, we can't just turn to blood for the 90s. We got to go deeper. They got to a point where it was like gallons of blood in Evil Dead, where it was sort of goofy, comical almost. It wasn't scary anymore. So they dialed it back, but upped the fear factor by making it realistic. I agree with that. 
like um, Urban Legend, right? I don't know if you've seen the film. It's from so. 1998, the year I was born. And um, it's kind of like, it, it kind of encompasses all of those urban legends that I think we all know, that we're all familiar with, and makes them real in, in its own way. And I won't want to spoil the movie for you since we're only talking about it for a second, but you're right, it kind of becomes real. It infects our real life. It's like it, a group of friends who just happen to meet each other and form this friendship group and you think it's all happy and merry and then it immediately goes to, oh my God, where, where did this clown come from? Are we going to die? Horrible killer clown. It, it has been that kind of like more realistic horror. It's less um, killer clowns from outer space where they have giant boxing gloves knocking people's heads off more, oh, that's a weird creepy clown in the sewer grabbing my brother. <laughs> Whoa. Wait. Well, and it's like um, Jurassic Park. It's almost like a science fiction if you think about it. Like, they're, they're coming at things in a very realistic angle. Like, hey, scientists figured out how to make dinosaurs from these old dinosaur samples. <laughs> and so that, like, you know, that premise doesn't sound scary, but, like, it sounds very realistic, especially now. Yeah. They are actually attempting to do those things. I hope not. <laughs> Well, they're, they're actually trying to do it with, like, mammoth DNA because they found a relatively, like, intact sample. But, yeah, very interesting and way closer to reality than, like, American Werewolf in London, right? Yes. And even The Mummy. Like, you, you'd think, you know, because the Universal Horror films, it's kind of along the same trope, but The Mummy is very, like, historical. It's like, oh, they're doing a dig. They're f- trying to, like, find these old artifacts and then... Boom, the mummy's alive. <laughs> I just, I feel like you're yeah. right. It is very real. I mean, I love that Brendan Fraser <laughs> mummy movie. A little less on the horror on that one. But then there's movies that like, well, it was the age of remakes that started. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I don't have a lot of remake names in front of me, but I saw The Howling. Um, the Texas Halloween. Chainsaw Massacre ones. Yep. Yep, that's true. I mean, they pretty much remade every, not either remade or made sequels for every good movie that happened in the 80s. But they made them just brutal. Like those Rob Zombie Halloween ones, he's not messing around anymore. Now we're going for gore. We're going for nudity. We're going for all of that. There's a lot of psychological stuff in there. I know that Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake is... It's a little hard to stomach sometimes. It's very, uh It's weird. It's a, it, it's good. It's just a little offbeat. Yeah, we're, we're the '90s was an interesting time, and that's also where you kind of start to see the birth of horror comedy. Yes. And you you could label that as being, thanks to Scream, which you can't forget that Leprechaun came out three years before Scream came out. So, where does the real comedy start? That's all I'm saying. And um, if you haven't seen Leprechaun, you should because it has Jennifer Aniston in it. Is that enough? Is that enough? Perfect. No, but seriously, we don't really see that comedy as much in the 80s. Obviously, you know, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. How is that not hilarious? But it's more satirical. Like Scream really kind of turns in on itself. It kind of makes fun of its own genre. Yes. At the same time, it... You're seeing that mix of comedy and psychological horror. It's very interesting. Talking about Leprechaun. Going back to that for just oh, a second. yeah. There was a remake for Leprechaun. I don't know if you ever saw it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that was supposed like, to be a remake. It was like, it, it had the Leprechaun name, but mm-hmm. it was like way darker and weirder. It was not the normal wisecracking little short guy. It was like pretty much a Wendigo type thing. Yeah, I went to. See, I, I saw that, and I was very disappointed being a yeah. fan of the Leprechaun series because I I liked it as a comedy. I thought it was funny, and you know I don't see anything wrong with trying to mix horror and comedy, as you know how yes. big of a fan I am. I think that there's a right way to do it. I think Scream did it well, obviously more towards the horror end of it, but Leprechaun does it as well, and you know can't not talk about Troll Two in that conversation. Oh my god. Which obviously is more towards the comedy spectrum, but the movie takes itself so seriously. So bad it's good. 
that's what the documentary is called. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you've seen Troll 2, you got to see the documentary that the the guy who plays the, the kid in the movie is, like, directing the documentary. Oh, I didn't know that. You, you got to see it. It's really, really good. He meets up with the old actors. They talk about why the film was made the way it was. It's... That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, they the film literally took itself seriously. So that's why it appears that way. Very good film. But, yeah, so we, we're kind of giving you an idea of how the 80s made the 90s and kind of how the 90s made this beautiful little platform for our modern horror movies to stand on today. Yes. And... And, um, yeah, so we're going to start off by talking about some of my favorite modern horror movies. All right. And, um, my goodness. Which one are you starting with? Um, I you think... You got some good ones on your list. Yeah, I'm... It was really hard to pick. Um, I originally wanted to talk about the Saw movie... And I don't know, have you seen all of the Saw movies? I have not seen all of the Saw movies. I've seen bits and pieces of every Saw movie, but, like, not all of them all the way through. You're killing me, Smalls. Um, it's okay. Let me let me give you the real reason why Sell I think you should it. watch them. Um, and I, I kind of wrote this in the script a little bit, but um, I'm never, I never follow the script anyway, so. <laughs> what else um, is new? Yes. Um. Basically, I don't consider the Saw movies separate entities. And I say this a lot when I talk about, especially 80s horror films and stuff like that. When you have like a series like Halloween, that's like a really long series. You have all these separate movies and they just don't feel cohesive. It feels like they made it up as they went. You know, it feels like they are like a middle schooler writing a series of (laughs) stories. You know, they're making up as they go. And kind of just like, oh, I guess we have budget for the next movie. Let's incorporate a plot. Saw's not like that. If When you watch the full Saw like series, it feels like somebody created the entire story for all the films together and then cut them up into movies. It feels way more cohesive. There's a twist at the end of every film, but they all tie in together really beautifully. It's, it's very seamless. And the story is really, really good. It's It kind of, like, goes back and forth on, like, you know, telling the current story and then kind of flashing back, hey, this is what you missed behind the scenes of the last movie. And it's just much more of a, of a cohesive entity. And I feel like you don't see that as much. Even, even now, yeah, you know, Saw came fair. out in 2004, to be fair. Yeah. That, that move, those movies sparked a lot of debate and a lot of uh, 2000s moms go like, ah, that's just torture. That's just awful. You can't show that. Which there are a lot of like awful scenes in there. The the needle one gets me. I can't oh, watch that. That's Saw 2 where he throws her in the needle pit. Yeah. Yeah, that one is brutal. That, that's one of the really brutal scenes too. And I always think about the scene in Saw 2 where she puts her hands up in that box with the with the razors around oh, the wrists yeah. and she can't pull her hands back out and the back was open like the whole time wasn't that like the thing yeah she just wasn't she just using her brain um but yeah there's there's a lot of really really gory scenes and i you know i hear that criticism a lot and i've actually heard people argue that saw is not a horror movie which is all fine and dandy but what what category would it be in if it's not a horror movie a torture movie. I don't know. Which is also horror. Yeah. It, I so, mean, it is definitely horror. It's just very gory. There aren't a lot of scares in it. The scares are you recoiling at the sight of something gross. Yeah, that's true. Sort I mean, of a gross out. Yeah, and it's not... There's no jump scares. There's a, there's a lot of, like, mixed feelings. Because you know these people have done bad things. And I think that we like to see bad things happen to bad people but you kind of get to know them and you realize that they're really not all bad and that their punishment could be deserved or not i feel like it creates an internal doesn't really fit the bill though like (laughs) hey can you jump into this thing of syringes because you were a drug addict 
or something. What was her backstory? Um, I don't remember. So Amanda's actually one of the main characters in the, mm-hmm. the show. She um, She's actually Saw's, like, assistant. One of them, anyway. She, um, in the first film, she was one of, like, the witnesses because she was in a game. She was the one that wore the um, the whole head gear, jaw, bear trap thing. Yeah. She was the original wearer. And she actually won the game because she, like, knifed open her, like, partner, which, because the, the, he was in his stomach, right? He was actually still alive, and she, like, had to murder him to live because she was a drug user. And um, she, she managed to get out, and she considered herself healed afterwards. And then he took her on as an apprentice. And um, she was more of, like, a spy in the second film where he put her into the game to keep an eye on things and made sure rules were being followed. She wasn't really meant to be tested in that film. So when they threw her, like, one of the people threw her in there because you were supposed to go find the correct syringe to give you the antidote. And the dude didn't want to go in himself, so he threw her in there instead. It really had nothing to do with her, or it wasn't even her challenge. Oh, yeah. It was somebody else being a dick and, like, exposing her to, like, medical waste. Yikes. So, yeah, it was. it's a very complicated story, and obviously I'm only explaining one section of it, and Amanda's story goes on for a couple other movies, but it's just, that's why I like it so much, is that yeah. you, you people from the outside see, like, you know, they see the blood, the gore, the the tricks and everything but i see a really good storyline with horror elements and some really good special effects yes i will say that there there are a lot of good effects in those movies yeah i mean i think i don't know saw i feel like like i said i love the first saw movie but my favorite saw movie is saw five really i think it's a really cool movie in concept um and you know spoiler alert right now i'll tell you if you have not seen saw five just just skip a few minutes ahead but um in saw five they it's like a group of people that caused the death of multiple people and they don't realize that they're all part of that they don't know each other individually they don't recognize each other only one person really knows why they're all there together and they have to go through a series of challenges together. And each time they do a challenge, somebody dies. But they were supposed to do them all together. All the challenges were able to be done with all five of them. But they wouldn't. They refused to work together. They didn't see that they could have all survived. And so I think I really like the concept of that film because of that reason. That he gave them an opportunity to all live. Yeah, it's not unbeatable. No. And... I think that's part of it is that you can't really call him a murderer because he doesn't murder anybody. But I, I I think I could still call him a murderer. But like I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that's I'm just like playing devil's advocate a little bit. But like it's kind of just a complicated situation. And he's like a serial killer who doesn't actually murder anybody. And he's like a punisher. He's like trying to play God a little bit. So, I don't know. I think it's a really interesting story. Yes. And if you can handle a little gore, I think you'll, you'd enjoy it. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll have to go back, give those movies a try. Yeah. Some of, some of the gore, I was just like, okay, I don't get it. But I guess I, I never really gave them a good try. Yeah, I mean, the storyline is worth it, I believe. I think it's... A really interesting story, and I can't say that you'd ever think that, like, Jigsaw is a bad person. Because he is and he isn't. You know, he's still a human being who had things, had wrongs done to him as well, so. Yeah, I like that they can escape. I like that there is a way to win if they're smart. Or if they're willing to sacrifice. Yes. But yeah, um, tell me about one of your choices. I'll start with The Grudge, 2004. The Sam Raimi one, I think. Yeah. Okay. That's the one with um, Daphne in it. Ah, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh. <laughs> I cannot remember her name for the life of me. But The Grudge is a... Well, it originally was a Japanese, like, string of movies um, that was sort of taken up by Sam Raimi to make them, I guess, probably more palatable for 
an American audience and in English. And it's about a, like, an American, like, group that comes to Japan and, like, lives there. I think they're teaching, but um, they go into this house. And if you go into this house, there is, like, e an evil spirit there. And it will follow you out and you will die. Like, if you step foot in that house, you are dead. You are going to die within a few days. My God, I have not seen this in forever. Did they know before going in the house? They, no, they didn't. They were sold the house. Like, a family was sold the house. And they stayed in there. And then weird stuff started happening. Because, um, it's the ghost of a mother and her son. Her young son. Who were both killed by her husband. I won't tell you why, because spoilers, but... It's just been a while since I've seen it. Don't but yes, so the mother, like, if you go into the house, she will kill you. And there's, like, a really creepy attic. There's a bunch of stuff. So then the cops go in there, and then the one detective, it follows him out. But I, I love that idea of it's like, oh, gosh, you just stepped in the, the wrong house. You bought the wrong house, and it was over. I, I love that concept, too. I love, like, the haunted house concept. But I kind of, I kind of like that it happens in a different country. I feel like that puts a little edge on it. Yeah, because there's like um, a whole like mythology to it. There's a whole bunch of like Japanese movies before it that are like '80s era around there, and those those are also good. But I think this one was really fantastic. There's like um, there's a shower scene where the main girl's like washing her hair and then a hand comes out from like in her hair it like comes out from her head sort of and it like grabs her hand while she's like rubbing shampoo or whatever that that freaks me out or there's like ugh, there's so many good scenes like the weird creepy little kid who's like just pure white with like just pitch black eyes and he's just like sitting on the staircase and then for some reason he meows like a cat <laughs> it weird movie but creepy it's like just a weird creepy vibe to it because there's like a hospital scene and you see like this lady dressed all in white super pale with like just long black hair just so sort of like the ring girl but like she sort of just teleports around and stuff that's horrifying just like the you can't escape it not even when you're not in the house yeah it follows you i like that i mean i think it kind of plays into our like 90s platform right yeah you know we're starting to see more of like literal horror more like oh i went into a house and now i have to pay the price yeah <laughs> It's it's a very fun one. I, I like it a lot in the sense that it's like, it's not hockey mask coming after you or like any slasher or uh, just a human doing it. It's more inescapable that way. It's a curse. Yes. It's on you. And you can't see it, but it's with you always. Just tethered to you. Until you die, obviously. Exactly. And there are a bunch of the Grudge movies. Each of them a uh, little different. There are some of them where it's like they burn down the house. But then, like, it's no longer tethered to the house. No. Why would you do that? Yes. You and then there's up. some where it's like they tried burning down the house, so now the house is damaged. So even if you don't step foot, even if you're just, like, on that street walking... It can sort of, like, grab you and bring you into the house. And then you're tethered. And then it comes after you. Of course. They just make it worse. There is one where it's, like, bullies who, like, take this poor girl into the house and, like, lock her in the closet. And it's, like, awful. But then, you know, they get what they deserved. Yeah, I was, like, about to say, I was, like, well, they were all in there, so they all get to die. 
Except for the poor girl that gets bullied, though. That is sad. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously. Reminds me of Stir of Echoes. Yes. Very sad. Well, dang, Sharon's sad movies now. I know. I'm Makes sorry. sad. What's next on your list? Let's oh, bring the spirits up a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully. Maybe. Let's bring the spirits up a little bit by going down into the Paris catacombs. Okay. All right. As above, so below, which I know you haven't seen. I've seen it. You've seen it? As above, so below? Okay. Yeah, I love you that movie. Better. Of course I've seen that one. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan. I think, um, gosh, it's one of the scariest modern horror movies that I've seen. That is the only movie in several years that has scared me and made me, like, actually jump. I agree. I think it just has those elements, kind of like The Descent, that makes you feel boxed in. Claustrophobic. Yes, very much. It makes you feel as though there's no escape, that there's no way back. You have to keep pressing forward and you don't know what's ahead. It's um it's a very interesting film because it's a little bit historical. I would I hate saying historical because it's kind of not. But I was explaining it to someone the other day, and I was like, it's kind of like National Treasure meets The Descent. A little yeah. bit, you know, especially in the beginning when they're talking about. Well, basically, the film is about them trying to find the Philosopher's Stone. One of the characters, her dad died looking for the stone. Well, he killed himself, but anyway. Yeah, he spent his whole life looking for it, and um, they figure out kind of vaguely where it is, but it's in the. They have to use the Paris catacombs to get there. And if you don't know about the Paris catacombs, that's where they used to put their dead. So there's a lot of skeletons, a lot of skeletons, a lot of bones, and it is a real place. It does exist. So I think that that's part of what creeps me out about it the most is like, it's a real place, a real place I want to visit as well. So like, I don't know if I want to after this movie. <laughs> you guys did not see, but Tyler rolled his eyes at me so hardcore when I said that. Yeah, I am claustrophobic, so I think that would kill me. I'm afraid of heights, so I'm good. You know, this is the opposite of what I'm afraid of. But I, I would never go spelunking, so. All right, we'll we'll do the descent. How about that? I'll meet you in the middle. No, I don't want. I don't want to go spelunking. We're not doing it. Oh. I've seen the I've seen the film. It's scary. I don't want to get stuck. I love the as above so below scene where they're crawling through like a tunnel. It's like a tunnel that is barely big enough to fit them and they're crawling over bones. Mhm. And like the guy's getting stuck and there's just enough space behind him to where you could see something. They don't put anything there, but I was I was glued to that spot. And I was so terrified to see anything there. It is um, a found footage sort of film as well. It's like, yes. it's all filmed on like camcorders and like GoPros type things. Yeah, I mean, obviously the quality isn't super low or anything, but. Yeah, they up the quality, yeah. but it is meant to be like that. Yes. Which I think is very important because you can only see what they can see. Oh, yeah. And just. How they, I mean, well, they have to pick up some guides, right? They pick up a few people that actually know the catacombs super well. Because, obviously, it's illegal for you to go into certain sections of the catacomb because they're not safe. Or they're not, like, you know, they're not ready to be toured. Because they actually have tour guides that will take you into the catacombs and give you some history and whatever. They're going into sections you're not allowed to go in. So they sneak in there with these, like, um, with the guides. And they start learning about this tunnel that... Nobody goes down. Not even the guides who, like, sneak down there. It's all blacked up. Well, yeah. I mean, and they knew somebody that actually went down there and never came back. And he, they said that he knew the, the tunnel so well, he could, like, draw you a map. But he never went down there because he felt like there was something evil. And then, of course, he never comes back. Yeah, he went down there because curiosity, and he never came back. And that was, like two three years before yeah. this yeah so it's you start to get this idea that there is something evil down here and of course no none of the none of the um, other characters care and they just keep going well that's the direction that they need to go that's where they need to go well eventually i think they have to go down that direction because it gets like caved in 
they they have to go through a tunnel, which is the correct way that um, their guides say to go. It's like it's way out of the way, but it's the safest route. Yes. And yeah, they yeah. go in the tunnel that is like a one-way tunnel, and they start crawling through, and then the guy gets stuck. They have to push him on through, and he just barely gets out, and then it caves in. And when they come out, they're right back where they started. Somehow, they went into this one-way tunnel and ended up back where they started without turning around. So it's like some weird magic thing. We call it magic. Like, it's I call it a dark curse. Curse, yes. I wouldn't even call it that, but. But I don't yeah, so they're turned much. around, and the only way that they can go now is this creepy blocked-up passage that they start like knocking down the walls of, and then like dust comes out. Well, and at one point the guys are like, I, "I won't do it. I won't go down there." But where else are you gonna go? There's nowhere else to go. And I think that's what really gets me too is that like, not only is the main character so driven to find this stone that she's like willing to die and risk others' lives for it, but there's there's at one point in the film that they can't go back. They have literally no choice. And things start getting weirder and weirder. They descend to a point where after they find the stone, the um the entire room caves in because they try to like pull the gold out. Too. Yes. There was like um some trapped gold and then the greedy tour guides tried to like take it. Well, she said that they could have it. Yeah. Because she but was trying to bribe on. them. Because she only wanted the rock. Yes. And they steal the stone. Um, you know, obviously they, they live, some of them. And, um, yeah, people keep dying as we go on. Before we get any further, though, mm-hmm. before even any of this, there is, like, before they even go into the first tunnel, they're down in the caves. There's a weird group of singers, like, singing operatic stuff like crazy intense music like in the cave and like one of them just stares at the camera for a second that is so creepy there's so many creepy moments because there's parts where they like turn a corner and there's nothing and they're fine and then there's other parts where they like they go around a corner and they can start hearing like crackling of fire and you're like fire in a cave and they go around the corner and there's a car on fire. And you're like, where did that come from? Or there's the one dude that was like their friend who got lost in the tunnel. And he's different. He's down somehow. there for three years. And then they find him there in this closed off tunnel. And he's like, you didn't even look for me. Oh, that was so creepy. He, he like, there was just something wrong about him. And there's just a lot of different moments where that movie kind of leaves you on the edge of your seat. It scares you in a very real way, in a very literal way. There's that um, scene where, and again, it's it's like first-person camera. He's, he's looking down this tunnel that he, he's going to have to go down, and then he looks back, and then he's looking down this tunnel, and he looks back, and he's like, okay, well, they're not going to do it again. He's fine. He looks down this tunnel, looks back, and there's a woman there just, like, coming at him. And it's horrifying. I think the scariest part in that film for me was when um, the, the main character's trying to get, trying to, like, return the stone. So she's literally by herself. Because I always call him Jonah because he plays Jonah on Superstore. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the show. But it always makes me laugh because he, he's just not a very serious actor to me. But he's really good in the film. She's trying to save his life. And she has to return the stone and then come back. And um, she, like, falls into this, like, area where there's just a ton of blood, like, underneath her. And then hands come out from the blood and, like, pull her underneath the blood. And she's just literally covered in blood. And it's just... Talking about the descent over here. Yeah. yeah it, very similar, yes. And, you know, it does give you that same feeling, but it's more it's more evil. It's like they're literally descending into hell and then have to find their way back. It's a little bit more deep, too, with the concept of as above, so below. Being like, um, it's, more, it's more about as you are inside, you are outside. Yeah. 
There's and more to there's it. There's like a little bit of like a biblical aspect to it because mm-hmm. it says like, I don't remember how many feet down it was, but like they believed that that many feet down was hell. And they they wrote like the passage that's supposed to be like written over hell. Yes. Um, Abandon all hope. Yeah. Whatever. So. You who enter. Very spooky film. We could talk about it forever. It is like a damn near perfect horror movie. I I, sh- I used to have parties um, for Halloween, and I would always pick, like, a couple movies to watch at the end. And um, when I showed this film, probably the year it came out, 2014, uh, one of my friends cried. It was so scary, which I don't blame her. It, I, I almost cried the first time I saw it. So, very scary film. If you watch it in a dark room for it the first time. It is a fantastic movie. It will scare you. So, if you want to be scared, I think this film will do it for you. And if you've seen Superstore, you could see Jonah. He's in the film. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just I can't get it. That's your selling point? Yes. If you like Superstore, Jonah is in the film. This is one of the greatest modern horror movies because of Superstore. <laughs> no, it's just it's just got that that real horror aspect. It really does work its way to scaring you. Using partially using history and religion and know the philosopher's stones in there i mean come on harry potter (laughs) yeah or they call it the sorcerer's stone in the yeah english version american version i should should say yeah tell me about your next film choice i'm gonna go with trick or treat released in 2007 it is one of my favorite movies of all time i love that movie so much it is sort of a collection of Halloween stories, sort of, that all interweave into each other. Like, in the very beginning, you see someone that is, like, taking down all of her Halloween decorations. And at the end of the movie, you also see her. And it's like, here, spoiler alert, she dies. You see her die at the beginning, but you don't see what gets her. And then at the end, you see what gets her. All of the stories intertwine. There's parts where, like, you see an interaction from one character's point of view, and then you see what really happened from a different character's point of view. It's it's so cool. I love how it was directed and how the story goes. And it has one of... My favorite horror icons, uh, Sam, little trick-or-treater kid who, uh, Sam stands for Sam Hain, Halloween. But um, I, I think that movie is fantastic. And I don't want to, like, spoil anything because there's a lot of stuff in there where it's, like, you don't know until you see it later on in the movie, like, what things are. But it is very cool. I don't, I don't really know what to say about it without giving too much away well i will say if you're if you're confused about the concept of the film it's basically like a scary love actually right <laughs> we kind of get all of these different stories that overlap and kind of become part of one another and it's the same night but experienced from so many different angles and i think one of the things that we should talk about is like the mascot of the whole thing yeah sam yeah, I mean, he, that movie's making, like, kind of a comeback. I, you it know. really is. I was surprised when Spirit Halloween came to town and there was a lot of trick-or-treat merch. There was a lot of costumes, a lot of him, little bobbleheads. There was a full-sized one. Could just have a little Sam in my house. Nope. No, thank you. I need that. He's spooky. It looks too real. He's cute. He is. He's cute spooky. But, like, I don't know, after watching the film, and he's got the sucker, and he's trying to murder people, it freaks me out. It's a good film, though. Like, story-wise, it really keeps you on the edge of your seat, and you're just, there's so many crazy stuff going on in each individual story, and the way it all comes together is just, oh, masterpiece beautiful. That's a movie that I can watch over and over again and still find something that I didn't see before keep thinking of like the different stories i really like the father and son that one's the one that i remember the most it's been a second since i've seen it 
and then like you see the son and he has his father's like um his father's the principal and you see his son um sitting out handing candy to trick-or-treaters and he has his dad's like outfit on and he has his glasses and everything and the blood-covered shirt so there's like little things in there and that happens like way later in the movie at the end almost there's a lot of little details and it it does have a lot of rewatchability because of that because the first time you watch it you're really just trying to like keep everything separate as you watch and then you kind of have to force yourself to see it as a whole it's easier to see it's easier to get the whole story once you've seen it a few times yes i i will say like the first time watching you might be a little confused at the very beginning cuz like okay what does this have to do with the other thing and then it goes oh it's all connected. It's all like the same Halloween night, which is great. I love that. And just like Love Actually. <sighs> or um, what's the Valentine's Day one? I forget. It has Ashton Kutcher in it. But um, one, of the, one of the things that I wanted to point out about this film is that I feel like it could be enjoyed by younger horror audiences. So like 14 your old range i don't feel like it's it's not super sexual it's not super duper gory it's not like over the there line. are some parts i just feel like somebody in high school if they were more mature they could enjoy this it's not necessarily just for adults i feel like there are other age groups that could enjoy this film not that i i'm not here rating the film or suggesting that 14 year olds watch this film i'm just saying that they could possibly enjoy it Yes, and there's a part in the middle that is, like, a little sketchy, but overall, it's it's pretty tame. And maybe that's why it got so popular, too. Yes, I mean, you see people, like, dressing their kids as Sam. It's fantastic. Well, to be fair, our generation dressed us as Scream, as Ghostface, so... That's true. That is so weird to me. Even though I, we've never seen it. Yeah, middle schoolers, I was like, do you know what that is? Because I don't. What is that? What is that from? They're like, well, it's just a scary face. It's the ghost face. Okay, from? From ghost face. Okay. I didn't even know he was called ghost face. I just, I don't know. He was just like part of it. I was like, oh, it's a scary costume. Generic yeah. scary costume. I've heard slasher, ghost face, scare face, scream face. Scream face. It's stab. The movie's pronounced stab. Stab five? I still need to see the new Scream. I really do need to as well. I was going to, and then by the time I got got around to it, the cinema only had it on at like 9.30, and I was like, oh, so I'm going to be there till midnight. <sighs> no thank you. But I'm just getting old. As you know, the people who calculated my age after I said what year I was born know how old I am. And they know. They, they, if they're the same age, they understand. <laughs> can't stay up till midnight anymore can't stay up past midnight all right granny what's your next film choice <laughs> rude <laughs> you're calling me granny but you picked the older horror movies i remember? did remember you picked I did. the old ones you're the one who likes you're the old music with the kids too he likes the all the old stuff but i'm the grandma apparently true um the movie i wanted to talk about is from 2013 so um pretty close to as above so below just one year behind um, it's called You're Next, and that's You Are Next for all the, the kids at home that don't know the difference between your, your, and your. This is the You Are Next, your version. You understand. <laughs> um, it's a home invasion horror movie is how I describe it. It's um, It's kind of a complicated, interesting turn of events, but essentially it starts off about this couple that the gentleman is introducing her to his parents for the first time at their like summer home or something because they're like super rich and they say that in like one of the first scenes of the movie by the way how rich they are and they all he she gets to meet all of his siblings and his parents and they're all getting to know each other and it's just so nice and he's like her boyfriend is like kind of like the black sheep of the family like the brother keeps calling him chubby and stuff they say he's like a cherub or whatever. <laughs> I just remember that the boyfriend's name is Crispin. And I always thought that was a really weird name, but 
kind of interesting. Crispin. Like my bacon is crispin in the pan. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, so Crispin is like, oh, why does everyone treat me like this? hate that my family treats me like a baby oh my family i hate my family yes exactly and um then they their home gets invaded like the first really scary things that happen in the film besides the first scene which i totally skipped over but it's you'll know when you see it you'll understand but um i don't know you've never seen this movie have you it sounds familiar i don't think i have or at least not in a while it's basically like um, they, they shoot arrows through the window where they're having dinner and kills, like, a, one of the brother-in-laws. See, that sounds so familiar. It's very, like, it's just sudden. It doesn't, there's really no build-up to it. It's just, boom, there's an arrow in his back and he's dead. And everybody's like, hit the ground. We're all gonna die. And they're trying to, like, sneak through the, the living room without getting shot through the windows. And pretty quickly in this film, you realize that Crispin's girlfriend is like a total fucking badass. And, okay. you know, Mike, you can edit out the F word that I just dropped. But um, she's a total badass. She rocks. Um, she she just starts doing the most brutal stuff, right? Shortly after the whole arrow thing happens, she take, she's taking boards and smacking, like, nails through them and putting them by the window so if they come through, they'll step on nails, right? She is insane. And she's probably the reason i like this movie the most because she's someone that you don't really expect that's gonna like murder a bunch of people to protect you know herself and you know her new family i guess <laughs> that she just met she's also australian which i think was pretty interesting okay um but yeah she they they make their way into the house they're killing the family one by one and i will not ruin the ending because it is honestly amazing but um, there's some really crazy scenes in there. All the um, home invaders wear these white animal masks. And if you know me in real life, you know that I went as um, one of the one of them as Halloween a couple years in a row, I think. Oh. Um, but yeah, they're they're just like very spooky, kind of like ghostly masks. And like one of them's like a fox, one of them's a a wolf or whatever. There's a sheep. And they're kind of like anonymous evil killers. When you first, like, get to know what's the situation and what's happening. And there's just some really brutal scenes. Like, um, there's a one point where the family's like, okay, the fastest runner of us is going to run to the car and then go get help, right? And they're preparing to open the door for her. And they're like, okay, get ready to run because you're going to have to go like that. And they open the door. She runs. And they had put, like, fishing line across the front. And she, like, slit her throat on it. Yeah, it's super brutal because she runs right into it with her throat and bleeds to death. It's, like razor wire or something? Yeah, it's super intense. It was like invisible. You couldn't see it unless you were up against it. So there's there's a bunch of really scary scenes. There's a scene at the end where um, I, I feel really bad calling her Crispin's girlfriend. I just I cannot remember her name for the life of me. And Crispin stands in my mind. But she like sets up a trap with... Um, an axe so that when you open the door an axe will like smack you in the head and towards the end there's like the cops come oh no yeah and they shoot her through the window because um they, they see her killing somebody and they think that she's the, the murderer that they got called for and they shoot her through the window non-deathly shot and then one of them walks through the door and that's like the ending scene of the film but i won't ruin the really good twist because it's amazing but if you want to see like a, a really freaking cool lady like just killing some just guys killing people that deserve to be killed you will enjoy this it's all the self-defense you know according to the lawyers it's all self-defense this girl knows what's up and if you're in the zombie apocalypse this is the girl that you want to be on your team you don't even have to worry about anything if she's on your team okay all right but uh, apparently her family was, like, just really worried about the apocalypse or something. And they, like, trained her. She got trained in, like, a military base oh my in gosh. Australia. So, yeah, she's, like, professionally trained to kill people. 
crazy strong military Aussie. It's a re- weird um, fact to bring up in front of your um, boyfriend's family for the first time meeting. I guess. <laughs> Important, though. Hey, that's pretty good. There's, the film is honestly one of my favorite modern horror films because of how different it is. And I think that's where a lot of modern horror films kind of lose, lose interest for me is that they just don't... They keep doing the same things. They keep rehashing the same stories or using the formula, you know... Which I don't mind if people use the formula, as long as it's creative. It's like um, hoax, right? Yeah. Watched it the other day. That's why I bring it up. But they use the formula where they pick off the group of people one by one. But it's Bigfoot. The movie's about Bigfoot. <laughs> how, how cool and unique can you get? Because it sounds really funny, but it's not a horror comedy. And it's actually really good. So just I want to see more unique stuff. And I think that's why your next got me is because it's unique. It's not rehashed stuff that we've already seen it's something different to be afraid of and they do it rather successfully but yeah i'm gonna have to give that one a watch you have to it sounds very familiar i might have seen it at some point i think it's on tubi right now actually okay or hulu maybe both i'll have to check okay but uh my next one is 28 days later 2002. I love this movie. This is a fantastic movie. And this is sort of like the zombie craze. We're getting into it. Uh, 2000s, I feel like, was quite a heavily zombie-saturated type of era that has only persisted till now. And it's, it's different in terms of zombie movies. These are the fast ones. These are the ones that are, like, running top speed. Um, it, it It's so amazing. And it starts just like The Walking Dead. He wakes up in a hospital. Everybody's gone. He's, like, blocked in there. And he walks around, and it's in England. It's in London. Oh, I love British movies. I feel like it, they're just a different kind of horror movie. I feel like that's part of the reason 28 Days Later is so good, too. I know. And But it's just so cool to see just, like, empty London, empty England, just, like, no one there. Well, and he doesn't remember. He doesn't know what happened. Could you imagine waking up in a hospital and the entire city you live in is empty? What a crazy way to begin a film. And you see him, like, grab a plastic bag and start collecting cans and other things, and he, like, raids the Pepsi machine in the hospital. And I just love that idea to, like, start things off. He's like, ooh, things don't seem right. I'm going to just start uh, grabbing things I might need. Like, I think I need a cola. And you see him grab, like, money, too, and he's like, pretty pretty soon on there, he's like, oh, that's not going to help me. Ooh, just gives up on the money. But um, it's a fantastic movie. He meets up with some survivors. Um, of course, it has the horrible humans. There, there are some bad ones, of course. And this film is definitely not for anybody under 18. Oh, no. There is, there's a scene in this film that is hard for me to watch. Yes. But it, the zombies, in particular, are very cool. Because it's like, I feel like these are the first really fast ones. The first, it's not like zombies. It's a rage virus. Yeah. And it's um, started by like a rage-infected chimpanzee that some activists try to like help. And then it like breaks out and it bites one of them. And that's how it starts. Well, they tried to release all the animals in this testing lab. Yeah, which is silly. You don't just release them out there. You don't know what they got. Exactly. And um, even like a drop of blood will just turn you. It's it's that quick. And there's so few survivors, too. Like right away you start realizing, oh, wow, there's really not a lot of people left. Happened pretty quick. <laughs> pretty fast. <laughs> pretty quick. Quick. <laughs> um, yes, it is a fantastic movie. The sequel... I also love 
just the opening scene of the main character being chased down by a herd of zombies that are just sprinting down a hill at him is horrifying. 28 weeks later, and like as the names imply, it's like how long it's been since the initial start. So in the first one, it's like, okay, England has fallen. Everything on the island is gone. All military has pulled out. The rest of the world isn't infected. No, I mean, that happened in England. Heck yeah, they just closed the borders. They're an island. Yeah, they closed everything down. There's no hope for rescue. But and then 20, 28 weeks later, the military goes in years later after all of the zombies have starved out and died. And they land in there and they start to like slowly but surely get get like a foothold in again of England and making houses again, making things safe. And of course it goes wrong. Because of course it does. Well, it's a sequel. Something's gotta go wrong. Of course. Still a horror film. And especially a zombie movie, someone's gotta be dumb and get infected. Always. Of course. But yeah, for especially for a zombie movie, because there are a lot of like not-so-great zombie movies out there. But this one is masterclass fantastic. Oh, the story's so dimensional and just... I don't know. You, you're not just seeing people desperately running away from zombies. You're seeing them try to still enjoy things, try to still have families. You see them try to make relationships among each other and get to know each other. And you see them survive together and still try to thrive. And I think that's kind of what people do. It is kind of a survival horror. And they're trying to live. They're not just trying to survive. They are trying to live eventually. And I don't know. There's just a lot of different aspects to it. You know, obviously they think that they find help at this military base. That's not the case. They meet really bad humans and then they add people to their group as well. So it's not just about the zombies or, you know, the, the rage virus. It's, it's about more than that. It's about humans dealing with loneliness, dealing with just trauma. Because good lord, if that happened, I don't know how I would deal with that. Just every everyone being gone. Well, and the main character realizing his family isn't there. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's brutal in itself. And obviously, uh, uh, pretty early in the film, they, they pick up a child um, whose father is... They, they, they meet the father and the daughter, and the father ends up having getting turned and they they're responsible for the daughter and that's really hard too you know it's he was trying to protect his child so i think there's a lot of really human things that happen in that film that make it more than just a horror film it becomes like it becomes real to us because we could see ourselves doing the same things if we had to yes and that scene where he turns is just it's so awful it is sad it it's is just awful. depressing it's there's a lot of really sad parts in that film, but I just feel like the ending is what I remember the most, and that's the most hopeful part of the film. Yeah. You know, they, they um, at the end of the film, they, they're, like, in a house, and they, they've clearly been living there for a while, and they like, they, they, like, sew together a bunch of clothing to create, like, a help me, like, on the grass in front of their place. So it's just kind of this, like, they haven't given up. They're still fighting. Yes. And they're thriving now. They have materials. They have things to use. They found a house, a place to live. So I think there is this element of like, even if this happened, we're not over. Yeah. We and I on. like that in contrast to something like The Walking Dead, where it's like, those zombies should have rotted two seasons ago, like gone away. Or there's like, they're very slow moving, and if you get bit, it's you're slow to turn. You have all these intense moments where people are crying and saying goodbye to their loved ones. But 28 days later, it's like you get a drop of blood in your system. You're, like, gone pretty quick. There's no goodbye. It's just whiplash. It's like, 
Okay, I'm infected. Kill me. Kill me now. Two seconds ago, or we I were having you. fun driving, and then, uh-oh, you gotta kill Dad. Yep, that's that's really what it's like, and I don't know. I think it says something about modern culture as well. And, you know, I hesitate to say modern. It is modern, right? Um, but it's talking about, like, things that we're afraid of, right? Illness, obviously. We're afraid of, you know human race being gone we're afraid of a lot of different things and i feel like you know what professor allman said was you know very on point the horror movies that we just talked about really do encompass a lot of the things that we are afraid of home invasions oh my gosh just last night i, I laid down to bed lights out i was getting uncomfortable and i was like oh my god did i lock the door and i had to get up and see if i locked the door even just the thought of somebody coming into your place and killing people out the window it's very possible and very scary and i think that our fears are starting to become more literal more real we're not afraid of monsters under the bed we're we're afraid of going down into the catacombs being around dead bodies we're afraid of very real things it's no longer freddy and jason it's more realistic than that things that could happen i think we're afraid of punishment too yeah of you know we all do bad things you know whatever i'll admit it i flipped somebody off while driving the other day right you know i'm a saint (laughs) i disagree (laughs) but um you know the saw movies is retribution for what we did for you know what anybody could do anybody could be part of a saw game if you think about it i mean one lady was just a drug user. She didn't even do anything wrong besides, you know, do drugs. So, I don't know. I feel like there, we see evidence of that in almost every film. And, like, trick or treat, you know? You break the Halloween rules, you get punishment. Yeah. It's like the whole point of that movie. I think, yeah, I mean, there is kind of that, like, retribution, punishment for doing things wrong. And... I don't know. Maybe that is a reflection on our generation. And, you know, these are the films that I grew up watching. You know, As Above, So Below came out when I was in high school. A couple years before I graduated. So, I don't know. We're starting to see that more. And we're just starting to become part of that culture. Being afraid of current. And obviously we're not talking about 2020 films. Because we're going to talk about that in a different episode. Yes. And there are some series that like the Conjuring universe that we didn't touch on really, but that are so influential that they might get their own episode at some point, something like that. I mean, I I have said before that The Conjuring is one of the very few modern horror movies that actually scares me. And you're right, they deserve more more love than we can give them right now. Yes. So we'll save that for a different These are episode. just a few of our favorites. Yes, and obviously I had a whole short list and I know Tyler did too, that we'd love to talk to you guys about, but, you know, a different episode. But, I, you know, it now it kind of feels like it's final kill time. I think so. So tell me, what is your final kill? I'm doing a switcheroo here. I'm going with Shaun of the Dead in 2004. Stop. Because I have to. Stop. Because I have to. <laughs> bring up Shaun of the Dead again. Okay. I'm going to bring up Shaun of the Dead again. Because I love that movie. It is a fantastic movie. Masterclass in comedy. Not super horror, but horror when it needs to be. There's sad moments. There's, like I said, the guy going out the window getting his guts ripped out. That's pretty horrific. And um, I, I just think it's a fantastic movie. I always thought it was really funny. Like, I genuinely thought it was funny, but it takes itself seriously enough to where you can have those kind of spooky moments. I like it. I think it's one of those really good horror comedies that toe the line, as I say. Yes. What is your final kill? My final kill is also a horror comedy, but it's my favorite horror comedy. Um, it is from 2015. It's called Zombievers. It you're correct it is about zombie beavers very no literally. way <laughs> um 
if you like horror comedy, this movie is great for you because it really toes that line between scary and funny really well. Because there are those, like, it is kind of like, you get that feeling that you're watching a B movie, but it takes itself so much more seriously than I think most movies like that do. The one-liners are fantastic. I'm just, Tyler knows, I've talked to him about this movie so many times. I love this movie because it just, it's so rewatchable for me. It's so, it captures all those things that I love about the formula. You know, the group of the kids that die one by one. But also that it has those comical moments where it just. It's literally I, called Zombievers. I mean. Yeah, I mean, Sam, there's a one point where Sam says, um, what, he says, that's gnarly. Like, who says that anymore? It's hilarious. Or It's campy. There's a sex scene where one of them, it's a really bad, it's just bad, but he, he's just like, I feel like a Power Ranger. Who ah. says that? But the delivery is so great. That's your favorite? That's it your one? Not. That's your final kill? <laughs> there's, a, there, there's also a part where they're like, they're standing outside, they're, sta- they're in the house and they're like, what's that sound? They're like, it sounds like babies. And it's like, yeah, crazy fucking babies. <laughs> it's just it's so funny to me and it has really really good practical effects they use puppets for the zombievers which sounds cheesy but i love puppets i just can't get over you saying zombievers in like a serious sentence but it gets better because there's actually like a song for zombievers that's like big band sounding it's great so good and i just love it big fan um i think i just think it's something different to watch it is like i said before there's a lot of same same when it comes to modern horror movies zombie beavers is different it is ridiculous at times it's got zombie beavers of course the the director even makes like a cameo it's great there's there's so many good moments it's hilarious there's a dog it's it's all good You, you you'll like it you likey the good movie. Okay. It's streaming for free on Tubi. That's T U B I. We're we're not sponsored. Not by sponsored. Tubi, but it is on there. And it is very, very good. But yeah, that's my final kill. Watch some beavers. Laugh a little. Enjoy some enjoy some Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Fantastic <laughs> movie. Go watch both of them. And then I mean, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us for this discussion on modern horror films. And, you know, mostly about horror comedies and other scary stuff. But we hope we didn't scare you too much. Yes. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, creepy underscore culture, both with Ks. And uh, join us next Friday, hopefully, as we discuss literary horror. And don't say you'll be right back, because this is a horror movie, baby, and you know you won't be back. Come on. I'll be right back. Ha 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 ha.